Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick, Gaudi, and... Chase Gullet, Gullet Guitar Co. You just jumped right in there, didn't you, Bosco? Wow, he's a guest. <laughs> he's, he's like a guest, and he's just yeah. he's on it. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I guess who we have a, on this I show? I thought it was a pass to the left kind of thing. <laughs> it's just the jump to the left. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show. It yes. does mean the world to us. We are truly thankful for your listenership, for your support, mentally. Uh, or otherwise and emotionally and emotionally or otherwise mentally and emotionally or otherwise or otherwise yeah right that's the thing who are you i already said it i just said it weren't you i'm right here were you not listening what's going on what is your name everybody (laughs) i already did that uh anyways we got a great show because as uh as he just mentioned chase (laughs) chase colin's on this show Yes. Uh, Gully Guitar Co. Yes. Um, who we reference all the time. Yes. A, a great Ohio builder. Mm-hmm. Here in Ohio. I felt obliged to say that. <laughs> well, that's really interesting that Ohio builder would be from Ohio. Yes. Well, and that we're in Ohio. Yeah. Which is I crazy. say what? 60% of the time, every time. Yeah. You know what's weird? Not being a native Ohioan, now that I, I mean, even now that I am, I've been here 12 years, um, it is it is so strange because almost every single movie or TV show that I'm watching, they reference somebody being from Ohio. It is <laughs> it's crazy. It's like that's where's this person from? Oh, they're from Ohio. Just write them in as Ohio. Well, you know, we are the best of the flyover states. Is it? Yeah, are we? Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like it is the belly button. Though. Everything kind of cinches up into Ohio a little bit. Let's get into a couple of things. Now, Chase, what you were about to ask Tony is, you know, what, what can people expect from this show if, the, if this may be their first time listening? Well, Tony, why don't you go ahead and answer? <laughs> no, I want Chase to ask. <laughs> Come on, Chase. Say the words. A lot of guitar talk. Yes. And? Well, we talk about gear. We talk about guitars and amps and pedals and accessories and all the crazy, crazy stuff that's out there. Specifically, we talk about boutique gear and talk and we like 101s. And we like the 101s. Yes, yeah, we just had a really what good it, one. That was Jared. Jared just popped in. Where's Where Jared? He? Where is he? Where is he? Well, he could not make it. He's this in evening. Nashville, not making it. He's having he's having dinner with the with, he's with the neighbors. He's got a lot of new things going on in Nashville, and yes. unfortunately, it's colliding with a lot of what we do. But that's worlds okay. We are for, colliding. We forgive him. And and our boy Rob is uh, still up to his eyeballs. Oh, yeah, and he's a busy repairs. guy. Yeah. Anyways, back anyhow, to, back so to you. Mo- we like to talk to the people that make this stuff. Yes, those are the builders of the boutique gear, and uh, tonight, of course, is a prime example because we have. Chase Gullet. Yeah. And he is a builder yes. of boutique guitars. Yes. In Ohio. In Ohio. But we talk to people from all over the world. <laughs> we like to, as Mick and the boys say, shine a light on the builders that uh, might might be as yet unknown or everybody needs to know of them. Yes. Those things. Okay, so we have got a great show because we, you know, we've had Chase on before and uh, he told us all about like you know, what it's like being a builder and how he got started. We're not going to cover that so much. We're going to cover off on a lot of the new things that he's doing and, and new, I guess, 
methods, modus operandi, and um, great things coming out of his shop. It's actually modus operandi. Yeah, sure, operandi. Like I said. Uh, First. First and foremost. First and foremost, let's thank a few. Well, we got just a couple of announcements. We're going to thank people. Rode. Thanks to Rode for providing our outstanding audio equipment uh, week after week. I mean, we're going, this stuff has been uh, doing our, you know, doing our thing here for 50 years. At least at least 200 episodes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's been at least oh, 200 Oh, yeah, episodes. easily. And this thing is flawless. It's yeah, beautiful. All of it is. It makes it easy. I mean, compared to... You remember the old spaghetti trap that we used to use? It, it, I do, but... You know, to our credit, we did. We actually figured this out <laughs> before they made it. Yes, but uh, they did it better, far better, yep. way better, much I'm, more, much more. I'm convenient. not putting us at the same level we accidentally came up with. Anyways, yes. Um. So we need to. So thank you to Road for that. All right. We also do want to do a quick shout out to Pedals for Ukraine. Mm. We had uh, John Esterly and Zach from LA's Forever on last time, and uh, they are part of this crew that is doing things. There is a large group of people involved in this. Uh, David Garrick from uh, FX Layouts hit me up first about it, and I'm just going to read off what they sent me because they do it better, and uh, we'll talk about it real quick. Uh, We are a collective of FX pedal makers who have come together to raise money for humanitarian causes. Auctions are going on for handmade pedals from some very talented builders. Not only handmade pedals, but many of these are like one-offs or one series off. One of a kinds. One of a kinds even. Here's how it works. Uh, well, we've gone over the here's how it works. I think it's more important to know it's there and then you can figure out how it works because that's kind of, uh, you know. Do we have a link long. from the website? You can go to Pedals for Ukraine on Instagram. And basically, you'll be able to figure it out pretty easily once you get there. Mm. Uh, you can also email pedalsforukraine at gmail.com. And essentially, you bid on the uh, pedal, and the, the person that wins it, it's an auction. So the person that wins it uh, will get the information. The most important thing, aside from you getting a fantastic handmade, one off, in many cases, pedal, is. Uh, that these proceeds are going to three following charities. So they're not just, you know, it's not going to some unknown place. They've chosen three of the, the highest rated, I guess, you know, charities here. Yes. Uh, the World Central Kitchen. Great group. The USA for UN Relief Agency. Another great group. And Doctors Without Borders. A third great group. Yes, and what I like about this is that they're they are not all generalized agencies. These are the, you know, world central the, the world central kitchen mm-hmm. is feeding these people. The doctors for borders are helping these people who are no doubt suffering health crises mm-hmm. on top of their worlds being turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And then the USA for UN Relief Agency provides everything in between. Uh, so Pedals for Ukraine, thank you so much to the builders in our community for putting this together. Go get yourself one of these pedals. Tony, you just got one. Yes, I got one from Mr. Esterly. Yes. And uh, it's really cool. Yes. And I appreciate everybody doing out, doing that out there. And even if you, if you can't or don't want to participate in this auction, help out any of those three organizations. Uh, even a small donation would, would go a long, long way. Yes. 
All right, so let's find out what's going on in our music world this week, gentlemen. Tony mm. Balonsky is going to kick us off. I'm going to kick it off. Yes, kick it off. All right, Todd. So in my music world this week, um, it was inspired by Don Kloss from a couple episodes ago. And he was talking about, uh, I don't know, would you rather, would you, you know, do you take a, an old Dan Electro convertible and, uh, either make it a wall hanger or do you do restore it or what do you do with it yep and uh i believe my response was i would restore it and play it through an amp and uh amp and case right so <laughs> you what know. are the odds that you actually finding that like <laughs> you got that locally too didn't you no 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 it was i it was you didn't uh, get that locally did you no by yes that's exactly what you meant <laughs> No, so I, I just, every once in a while, I just take a deep dive into various sites and, and see what they have available on there. And lo and behold... so random. There is a uh, Dan Electro Convertible um, at a guitar center in Connecticut. 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 And um, I know what I'm looking... You know, it's, it's, a, it's an older one. It's, it, it's a... Well, I mean, it turns out it's probably a 1959 because of the... Um, uh, the tailpiece, which has one screw instead of two. So, but anyhow, <laughs> that was the big upgrade. <laughs> yeah, they put two screws in it. Um, so I uh, I called over uh, to Guitar Center in, in Connecticut, and um, I uh, you know I just asked a couple of questions about it. And for those who don't know, the the Dan Electro convertible was uh, basically like a double cutaway Dan Electro. Um, that had a sound hole in it, like an acoustic guitar. And the reason it was called a convertible is you could buy it either as a uh, fully loaded electronics or without any kind of electronics, but you could buy the electronics kit and, and install it right. yourself. It's very That's close cool. to what the te- what Fender came out with, with that semi-acoustic sort of telecaster yeah i mean thing, in, in terms of thickness done a lot nicer well I mean, this this, <laughs> this is a pine frame with a wood grain masonite top yes, and back it's it's borderline a cigar cigar box guitar. well but that's some of the beauty no i'm, I'm not the, knocking it i'm just giving us uh, you know why do you we? hate dan electro <sighs> so much ah, oh man so anyhow so i'm i call over there and i i had a couple of questions about it and sure enough it's all all legit it, um, I, I think that this this piece had been there was a little bit of damage to the top, so I think it had been, uh, become a, a donor instrument because the the original bridge. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a convertible bridge, but it's, I think it's from a later uh, later guitar. Um, but all in all, it's it's it, I mean, it's in really good shape. Um, and uh, so I called about it, and uh, I said, "Well, it says it comes with a case." And he says, "Well, it's not the original case." I said, oh, okay. Well, I'm expecting it just like a gig or something like that. He says, but it is. Um, it's a 60s Silvertone Ampin case. Now, for those who don't know. Which is exactly what you said which you would it, want. It's, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> so it's like goofy. It, yeah, it's crazy. So in the, in the 1960s. That's a, I think that's a first for 250 <laughs> Would You Rathers. Exactly. That, that you like bought the exact thing <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's weird how it happened but uh in the 1960s uh, sears sold uh silvertone branded dan electros um and um they were the only ones to offer this it was a carrying a hard case that had a built-in tube amplifier with a little eight inch speaker 
Um, and it's, <laughs> I mean, it's not the best sounding amp, but it's actually really cool. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, for a novelty, you can think of factor, it. I mean, the sound wise, it's it's kind of like a like a VibraChamp because it has a has tremolo built into it. So it, I mean, it's so it's got you know it's it's tremolo built into your guitar case. Yeah, it's so mental. It's 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 crazy stuff. So uh, so long story short, long story even longer. Uh, I, I said, well, that's oh, specialties. I said that's that's pretty cool. Um, you know, how much would it be to ship here to to Ohio? And the guy gets out his coat. Uh, twenty dollars. <laughs> like, hey, let's move this. Thing. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. They must have um, weighed it. Yeah, uh, they. I don't <laughs> think they did because that's. I think the box weight uh, or the or the package weight was like, like fifty move pounds. Move a guitar or get shipping. Yeah, uh, but uh, but it's really cool. I'm very happy with it, and you know, to, I mean, quite honestly, for what I paid for the guitar and the amp, I could probably sell off the amp and case and have a free guitar just about. Uh, which is which is cool, but um, but I, I've always wanted That's a wanted, very specific buyer. Uh, th- there, believe me, there's people that will buy them. Well, you did. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I didn't know it came with that case. Yeah, so. I wanted the guitar. <laughs> so there you have so it. Weird. That was my music All world right. this week. Well, that is exciting, and it was really fun that you got to share that. Like immediately, like, guess what I got? <laughs> I thought you were joking, Chase. What's going on in your music world this week, man? I am trying to acquire a uh, 1974 Gretsch Country Gentleman. A lot of Gretsch talk since uh, our last uh, 101 episode about Gretsch guitars. Baldwin. Uh Baldwin era. It is a Baldwin era. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That's that's the smirk of Mm -hmm. I can't read his his smirk. He hasn't heard that episode. Oh, he hasn't heard it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Tell us more. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, A gentleman reached out to me um, inquiring about... uh, purchasing one of my guitars yeah and he's like hey man i've got this i don't know if this is something that you'd be interested in doing but i have this cool old gretch Mm -hmm. that i might want to you know if you'd be willing to take in on deposit in for a build and i was like oh well you know i tend to not do that but cool guitars are cool guitars tell me more yeah and he sent over some pictures and it's a super cool guitar he's had it for a while um it's had a little bit of modification done to the uh, circuitry so instead of your uh tone switches yeah they have been converted to tone knobs oh so now they have period correct knobs on it. So your upper switches on your upper horn um, have little Gretsch knobs instead of being like a uh, a switch. So if if I understood Wait, it correctly, what model is this again? Uh, country gentleman. Country gentleman. Okay. So Tony body style real quick. Uh, is it a single or double cut? Double cut away double cut. in Ooh. walnuts. Oh, yeah. I have photographs. Yes. Well, so they, I mean, the, the, our audience can't see those, but we we do prominently. That. I mean, when you think about like <laughs> early George Harrison, yeah, when he would play the big body Gretsch that had two cutaways. That's a second mention tonight. Then. It's brown with gold hardware. Yes. That's exactly it. Yep. Um, yeah, we were talking at our on our Gretsch 101 uh, that a lot of times the the Baldwin era Gretches aren't mm-hmm. the best ones out there, but I mean there are some good ones to be had. And if you're looking for a, um, I think a player instrument, mm-hmm. I think you're okay. Um, are those the, 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 are those the right pickups? I believe so. Hmm. Oh, no. 
Well, well I'm anyway, glad that I asked Sony. Consider, yes. Yeah. One of the biggest things that we talked about was was uh, the the bindings. Yes, the condition of the binding and mm-hmm. was was problematic in in older ones. But Tony, yeah. Hey, for for those of you who might be interested in in an old Gretsch or are trying to you know beef up your collection or just want to learn more about it, um, highly highly recommend. If you haven't listened already, the Gretsch One Hundred and One, Tony just dumps some some really great knowledge and it was a fun episode to do but anyways yeah. back to the gretch that so Chase so i see what at. you're saying where they took the uh yeah. the, the upper switch actually i think they took the master volume that should be back over on the lower bout and they put a, a probably the pickup selector switch there because uh-huh. normally you'd have the pickup selector and then a tone mud switch mm-hmm. up on the top side but now you've got two knobs up there uh, you've got the standby switch down below, so that mm-hmm. basically is like a kill switch. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's got the right 70s guard. So, so it's double cut, and is that just in case people don't understand, are we talking about like, you know, big like Brian Setzer-style body? Is it 335-style body? 335, yeah. Okay. More like a 335. Yeah. So, no, that could be a cool piece. I mean, with the modifications, I mean, yeah. you could you could take it back. Um if you really wanted to. Yeah. But if you're satisfied with how, how it's wired up. That's I, kind of the thing. It's one of those, I think it's cool. It reminds me of, I had this uh, 69335 that I had to get rid of when mm-hmm. I first started my business because, you know, mm. working capital and things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, when I saw that, like it got those juices flowing. I mean, it's obviously it's really not, you know, yeah. not on par with being the same thing, but it's super cool. And, and I it reminded me of that does quite that have, a bit. Hardware does that everything. have painted uh, F-holes? Or they are actual real, F-holes. Yeah, those yep. are real ones yeah yep. that's kind of which why is I cool liked it. yeah the painted f-hole thing's not my not my bag um yeah. but the real f-holes um you know it comes with the case it's it's cool it's got all the bindings it's got all the checking it's just it's a neat piece i like that so that, yeah that sounds great man yeah that's that i mean that could be a really cool like i said in terms of player instruments mm-hmm. i mean i've owned several of the baldwin era guitars myself and by and large i mean they're okay. Well, the upside is I know a guy who's pretty good at setting things up and making them play pretty nice. Huh. <laughs> so. Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really cool. I like that. Uh, this is well. We're. I'm just going to round this out. Everybody got new guitar stuff. Yeah. Or is getting, looking at new guitar stuff. What's up in your world this well, week? Well, I finally mm-hmm. got my Pure Salem Flying V. Ah, yes, you did. Uh, this is. Uh, it's been an ongoing saga for everybody that ordered one. And most of all for Rick, uh, I can only imagine the amount of email he's had to endure over this time because um, all those orders were put in just before everything oh. got stuck in the port of uh, Long Beach. Yeah. And, uh, you know, where containers of guitars and so those were things. just sitting in they the ocean sitting in the ocean for oh wow. well they were sitting on a boat months. yeah they well in the ocean wow yeah and there's nothing anybody could do about it uh, so you know and and these were I, I know rick was doing his everything he could to get these to the right to the people and and time and trying to give updates and everything and it's like i i i from what I heard, he said that everybody was was extremely understanding, and and that's good to hear because it's not his fault. 
you know. Right. So, oh man, it's been tough for everybody. And the it last was such a years. such an incredible deal. Oh too. my gosh. I yeah. Mean, that's hey everybody. Next time, just keep your sign up for his email because then you'll get like the notification of when they're gonna do new. Uh, uh, new pre-orders on on some of the models that he does, specifically the Bruiser and the Cherry Bomb. The Bruiser is what I got. That's the Flying V style, and then the Cherry Bomb is an ex- his take on an Explorer. And it, yeah, I honestly, the, the, the it's a killer deal. And on top of it being a killer deal, it is a great guitar. I was yeah. absolutely thrilled mm-hmm. with what I got. Um, the build quality is really nice. For that, especially for that price, is I was very surprised, truly surprised yep. at how good the fit and finish on everything was. Um, the only thing I'm doing, oh, and also I ended up, it came with a gig bag, which I didn't even know. Hmm. Uh, but I bought, I, I, I like hard cases. If you don't, if you're not going to yeah, use it, yeah, no, that's totally cool because yeah. you gave me a different gig bag for for the. Uh, Union Jack guitar. Oh no! I mean, I'll I'll pay you for it. Well, no, I'm not going to. do Anyways, <laughs> we're not going to have this conversation right now. How about you want for the gig bag today on radio? <laughs> yeah. No, actually, because I have my V. Yeah. Uh, and I bought a gig bag for that V that actually fits my 4005 bass. Oh. So. Okay. Well, that that's great. You can share that next time on your. Oh, he's, he's talking about a Rickenbacker. I was like, man, four thousand five. Damn, Tony's living in the future. I, I don't even know. <laughs> he's so quick. Anyways, on Sweetwater, I ended up getting an Epiphone. Yeah, hard case, and it fits perfect. And it fits absolutely perfect. And that thing was like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And it is super high. It is really, really nice. Um, I'll just put some stickers over the Epiphone thing. You know, whatever. But. I, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled with it. I'm so excited. Nobody will steal it if it's in a it, it, is it not a now is it not pronounced epiphany? It is not a pronounced epiphany. <laughs> Epiphony. Yes. Yeah. So, Epiphony. but the, uh, what I am doing. Shout out to, to it, Andy Harrison there. Yeah. What I am doing to it is uh, putting in some Brandon Mount pickups. Yep. And Tony is making me my gold sparkle pickups, <laughs> or so you think. Oh, I'm so excited! And uh, there's got a show the, coming there's up. There's the trade. Oh, perfect. Yes. Yes. I like that trade. That trade's good. It's a good trade. Anyhow, so thank you so much to Rick at Pure Salem Guitars, um, who's also been on the show in the way back. Uh, he, was, he was actually yeah. on pretty early. Um, and uh, congratulations to all of you who, who finally received your long-awaited amazing guitar absolutely we are bypassing the four on the floor because you know what chase this comes into i think this is a great question for you uh timely if you will a timely question hey i just want to say thanks from quebec or quebec quebec sorry quebec uh i really enjoy the podcast it makes my day go faster at work glad to hear that hey i got a question for you guys could be nice to have your input on what your best guitar setup. How do you like your nut action, uh, pickup height, neck relief, etc.? And he said, I'm questioning myself, especially on the nut action. I find the company spec a little high. Yeah. I, I saw a lot of people dropping the action at the minimum of the spec, which is 0. 0.012 or 12 thousandths. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. I'm at 0.022, on the fat E on a mm-hmm. Gibson guitar. So okay. this is Gibson spec. He's questioning the nut height. And just, just a, I guess, a general sense of, um, you know, best setup advice. 
so that's oh keep oh. up the good work he said <laughs> regarding your nut slots um the specs that you're mentioning actually aren't terribly far off if your low e is around 20 thousandths and your high e is around 10 thousandths uh something you might want to check for though uh nut slots are incredibly important to how a guitar's intonation and action are going to work but specifically the intonation um oftentimes the slots are cut flat or on the same plane as the fretboard without a little bit of dive off so as, as a, so think about the angle that your headstock comes breaks away <laughs> gibson's breakaway it's like anyway um <laughs> so where your uh break angle on your headstock is so think about that and a lot of times when i'm cutting a nut slot i like to match that pitch so you want your strings point of contact to be on the face of the nut meaning towards the first fret the flat face yes the flat face so that is where you want that string break angle to start and you want it to be free of any uh burrs or something that can touch so um so yeah so you want to cut that uh slot at an angle that matches with the headstock another thing that i like to do too is with the um D and uh, G strings particularly, and also with the B and A slightly, um, I try to match that angle that, so I line it up. So if you're, so from the face of the nut and you're looking at your string post and you know, you're wanting to come to the inside edge of that. So you want that string path to be as uninhibited as possible. Um, that's one nice thing about like uh, Fender guitars and Paul Reed Smith guitars is that they have a straight pull headstock. Yep. So on a Gibson, you don't really have that. They want to kind of pull so you across the want side. to kind of fan them off and just exactly just yep. a touch. That's exactly it. And then also on the outside edge, I even sort of splay that uh, nut slot a little bit as well. So think of it as um, oh picture like a, a like a cone. A cone's probably a pretty good way to kind of put that. So, um, like an ice cream cone. Yeah. So think about like a like a like a waffle cone, right? Mm. So the tip of that waffle cone <laughs> is, is <laughs> well, the tip of that waffle cone is going to be um, where your face of your nut is, and then you know from the center of that waffle cone, you're going to point that out towards your. Uh, tapering uh, it out your d string and your g string and your a string and you know each each post specifically but you can kind of feather that just a little bit and um you don't want to go too far you don't want to go too little because another thing you can kind of run into is like sitar sound right. so if you hear like a little bit of kind of like an overtone like a kind of sound in right. there a lot of times what that is is that's that strings vibrating on more than one surface um but what happens is if you cut that flat which is the way a lot of nuts are going to come out of the factory that's the head of some modification yeah. so what what happens is the uh the the thickness of that nut so you know on a gibson nut you know it's like three sixteenths thick basically so you could in theory if that nut is cut at the opposite angle even just slightly your e string that could affect the overall scale length you could actually be three sixteenths longer than it needs to be oh. and so what happens is if the slots aren't cut deep enough or that angle's goofy as you do like your first position chords you'll notice that your uh, strings will pull sharp sharp um, because effectively what's happening is you're bending that string before it actually frets um, and oftentimes if you're noticing that like you've got like tens on the guitar and you're trying to set your intonation 
excuse me. <laughs> it's one of these uh, fizzy waters. So you got fizzy <laughs> water burp. So you've got these. Uh, the, so you say you've got tins on the guitar and you're trying to set your intonation, and it, it your tuner is telling you that uh, open it's in tune, but at the twelfth fret, like it's it's very sharp. So sharp. So easy way to remember this is sharp is short. So s s sharp short uh, flat. Um, is is uh, too longer. long, too long. F L yeah. flat. Longer. <laughs> yeah, hey, there you go. So <laughs> both, anyway. both have four letters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if if your tuner's telling you that it needs to go further back, um, and and it seems like it's an extreme amount, like you're running out of room on the bridge, odds are pretty good. You might want to go and double check that your nut slot is cut at that angle going down, and that that leading edge where your string break angle starts. Yeah, that's a really interesting. So I'm going to boil that down a little bit. What you're essentially saying is if you have a flat cut nut slot. Yes. What you think is flat, if at all, it is diving a little bit towards. uh, So it's it's uneven, right? Mm -hmm. So hold out, hold out your finger and 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 bend it you know bend it just a little bit towards the actual fretboard yeah even though it seems like it might be flat that string might not be me making contact until the back of the nut slot or somewhere in the middle i mean there could be be several places yeah yeah Yeah. exactly um you know so so that's something like finalizing the slots is something i like to do at the end like so after i've made the nut i've got it cut i've got the the depths pretty well roughed in i've got everything kind of shaved down because another thing too is you don't want those slots to be like a mile deep it, well i'm trying to think of a good way to describe this you usually you, want about you half don't, the half the height of the string exactly you don't want an excess of of bone remaining above the string yes, yes. I, ideally yeah bone exactly um ideally you want uh half or just slightly under half of a wound string and for a plain string exactly the depth yeah. right so that's that's like ideal conditions um so because the same kind of thing it causes extra pinch points and, and it if can you're cause, changing gauges that's also problematic because it can be, now yes. it can be sitting too high in that yep. slot because it's not seating flopping around exactly in that slot. Yeah. yep so i think chase brings up a good point about making sure that the slots are angled back towards mm-hmm. you know right. on, on the tuning machine side yes of, of the headstock and if you are going to try to you know maybe modify your nut slots a little bit that's actually a good place to start so that you're not cutting the the very front edge necessarily right. at the at first yeah because you could actually cut too deep yep um on accident that way yeah um it, you know because if you yeah exactly that you can go too deep early. you go too deep you start over yeah <laughs> um you know something like that if you're not a nut is actually it's 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 incredible how important it really, really is. Uh, if you're trying to get like as close to perfect as possible intonation and playability, like that is a thing that I think um, a lot of, in my experience from from talking with customers and things like that, and um, people that have taken things to other texts or other texts that I've had conversations with, that's a thing that I don't think is quite understood as well as it needs to be in, mm-hmm. in this uh, field. Um, the nut slots are incredibly important. Yeah. And, and probably more often than not, you're seeing 
nuts that are too high too tall yeah, too tall yeah too tall or they'll pinch um guys a lot of times will complain they'll come in and they'll be like hey you know i've got this uh pinch nut is <laughs> it is it's terrible <laughs> um but they'll come in and they'll want new tuning machines like oh this guitar won't stay in tune it's got to be these tuning machines and i'm like eh, oh it's pretty good so you're not slots man and like ah oh, no nah, no way man you know i had a, i had so and so fix it or whatever and um sure enough you go through there you you know go through and you just kind of clean those guys up you know get your feeler gauges out take a couple of measurements set your feeler gauges in it's like a guide actually that's that's a great uh, suggestion too if uh somebody's wanting to do their own maintenance invest in a cheap pair of micrometers like dial calipers you know um you can get like the digital versions um so you can take those and you can pull like a measurement of how tall your first fret is and pull it from several spots don't just check one because depending on how that fret level and dress or what kind of wear you've got on that yeah those frets can vary a few thousands so like your uh oftentimes the the e sides your extreme sides uh tend to be slightly shorter than the middle um i think it might come down to when guys are dressing the edges of the frets uh, i'm not totally sure why that is the case but oftentimes i'll find the the middle of the first fret tends to be like two to three thousandths taller sometimes interesting um yeah just a weird occurrence i don't know yeah. it's not always the case but it, it happens occasionally i lost my train of thought well here. even if you don't you know don't want to go if, <laughs> if you don't have access to or don't want to get a micrometer Go to the auto parts store and get a set of feeler gauges. Yeah, sorry, that was that was it. That's yeah. so that was like six bucks on. So that was on, the next uh, the next Amazon. step oh, yeah. there is if if you've got a little set of calipers, um, you know you can pick those up like thirty bucks and you can pull a good reading on what your height is. Well, then from there you can get out your spark plug gauges. Uh, so just your feeler gauges that you'll get from the auto parts store. That's exactly what I use in the shop, just like Autocraft brand or whatever brand, yeah. um, brand X. But uh, and then you can stack those to match what. What your uh, fret height is and then give it just a little bit i like to give it uh, about a couple thousand yeah, yeah about five thousandths extra um because that it gives you like a little bit of a buffer and then or take it to a professional and they'll do it <laughs> yeah that's, that's true yeah that's true um because that's the other thing too is you know um i i hear a lot about guys trying to use like a uh, welding nozzle cleaners and things to try mm -hmm. to do these fret slots and and you really really need a, a nice set of oh, dedicated files that, is. that are the correct gauge yeah. uh, to make sure there's that you're a getting... lot there are many precision instruments mm -hmm. that go into something that is seemingly innocuous yeah or just not important um now i think good advice is if you have had a guitar for a while mm -hmm. or if you want to if you feel like, man, I want to kind of change my guitar up, I feel like treating myself, doing something different, um, that single upgrade is probably one of the best investments that you can make on your guitar. A, a well-done bone nut mm -hmm. can really change how, you're, how your playing is, and I, it's a nice thing to do for your guitar. Well, uh, the the nut and also um, a, a professional fret level that could be a pleck machine. It could be an experienced luthier that knows what they're doing and can level those. So th think of that as like your foundation. So you know the the uh, original question the guy was asking about relief and he was asking about action, string height, and things like that. So all of those things. So your your tops of your frets being perfectly level with with each other. And when I say level with each other, that's along this individual string 
path. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier there can be a variance. You know, it could be a little tall. The frets could be slightly taller on the base side versus the treble side. Um, but the fact that they are level with one another along the string path is is very important. Right. Um, and then your nut slots because that is your baseline. That's like your extreme. So with everything set at zero, neck, you know, truss rods adjusted, the neck's perfectly flat. The slots are cut so that you have just the enough clearance so that you're not getting any buzz there. Um, and then from there, you can adjust everything to your liking because the correct amount of relief depends on the player, depends on the string gauge. If you're heavy handed, you need yeah, a little you more do relief. Mine differently because of how you I play. hammer on those. So you need more <laughs> relief because when you hit the strings, um, the oscillation pattern there, um, strings don't just go side to side. They actually kind of, if you look at it from the end, they sort of make like uh, like a figure eight on its side. so like an infinity symbol. Yes. So as they go, they kind of come up and down close Magnetic to the fretboard. Magnetic baby. Okay, so... So you need a little extra relief <laughs> there to accommodate for that. So if you've got a light touch, um, you can have that much, you can have a flatter neck uh, because that string oscillation pattern is not going to be as big because you're not hitting it as hard. If you're heavy handed, you need more relief to accommodate for that. Yes. Um, I have electrocution grip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so if you're hitting the strings hard, you need more relief. So, so that relief factor is going to be based off of your playing style. Right. Um, and, and, even, and, and it's not we're not talking about like huge variances either yeah no it's like yeah. when you when you're adjusting it for some of my guitars like it's it's really it's it's pretty minor. minimal yeah but it's making a big difference all that is to say there's a lot that goes into the playability yeah. of your guitar and if you if you have a guitar that you love and you want it to play better that is a those steps are the, are the probably the first best ones that you can take yeah absolutely to, to take to uh treat a, you know get a better guitar out of it yeah um and it's not going to break the bank those things aren't wildly expensive a heck of a lot you know and more inexpensive than not playing your guitar it's amazing how big of a difference uh it makes when you have something professionally set up because for one the playability but more importantly the when the intonation when the guitar is playing in tune with itself everywhere you know yeah everywhere it is incredible how much better that sounds. Cheap pickups sound great if the guitar plays. Well, I shouldn't say sound great, but my, <laughs> my, my point is that yes. is is, is um, a lot of the times people think about upgrades. You know, they want to they want to spend money on pickups because they're like, oh well, cool, it's got I got a new thing. But you know, the idea of actually getting the guitar set up properly, it doesn't feel like you did anything. Cause you're like, oh no, like right. I just spent money and I got the exact same guitar back. But then you play it and you listen to it, and the guitar playing in tune with itself everywhere. Everything just sounds better. There's no dissonance and the in the notes. You play it, the and it's so much where you get just like a car. Yeah, like you got to take your car. Yeah, and you get the and, alignment and that's that's the other thing too, fret wear and things like that. So uh, fret level and dress, that kind of stuff, I like to think of as like uh, rotating your tires or changing your oil every so often when you start seeing flat spots that's a great time to address that not waiting until you've dug giant <laughs> gouges in because at that point when you've got these big big gouges a lot of times there's not enough material frets. there on your on your frets exactly yeah. there's not enough material there that you can do a level and dress and it's you know because they're so deep that you'd have to take off so much material with the rest of the frets it doesn't make sense but when you start seeing that where you start addressing it collectively and then you level all the frets slightly and then later on you get more where you level all the frets slightly and you just kind of evenly wear that um and then that'll save you from like a, a more expensive uh refret or partial mm -hmm. refret even excellent well that was a very 
too comprehensive much. uh pickup heights he asked yes. about pickup heights uh that is end user is the best way to set that um listen to your for me i like to flip i'll hit you know like a g chord on the neck pickup and then i'll flip it to the bridge and i'll hit them and if one of them sounds much louder than the other one i'll raise or lower one of those two pickups now given you don't want to go to extremes where you're lowering it so much of the pickup wants to drop into the body or it's your strings are slapping against the pickup but um it's amazing how different a guitar will sound too with just uh mm-hmm. you know a couple millimeters of a height adjustment mm-hmm. on a pickup um and that's a great thing for also, the end user on how hard you're playing yeah well it's a great thing for the end user to do with their own rig. Uh, different amps are gonna sound a little bit different with different guitars. And so that's something that's easy and fun to experiment with. Uh, I've got some guys that like their pickups, strats particular. I've got two camps, guys that like them real high and I've got guys that like them real low. I'm from the real low camp, I prefer that sound. Um, but to each their own, it depends on what you like. And so that's a great thing for that, that's like an end user um, adjustment that's that's yeah and you're not going to ruin yeah. anything no. and it can always exactly. be reversed yep unless you drop the pickup yeah, unless you drop the pickup in there and then you got a little bit of a can of worms on your yeah. hands but it's not bad but the other thing you just don't want to go too high with the pickups yeah. because eventually it you know it may not the string may not be actually touching the pickup body but it, you can get it, it close enough the, the, the magnetism yep. can actually keep the strings from uh from vibrating yeah like they should. it'll yeah. deaden it'll try to stop it Yes. Yep. Kill also your, a bit of an issue killer. with neck pickups often. Mm-hmm. So no, you just robbing. Get of, just get rid of them. Yeah, I'm dropping. <laughs> yeah, I'm dropping them in the body. Oops. Uh, anyways, we Chase, should talk th- about that sometime. W- one w- one pickup guitars. W- that's a very common theme right now. Uh, it's been coming up quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Um, Thank you for a very comprehensive. Yeah, sorry, that was probably way more, and I got on tangent. Well, that's been but. a great podcast. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for coming in, Chase. <laughs> no, but you answered a lot of questions, and I think we touched on a lot of elements that yeah. um, oh, absolutely. are constantly needing to be addressed. Not everybody knows that. And, and you know, our audience, we've got new people coming in, who people are new to the guitar, people mm-hmm. who have been playing guitar for years and may not even heard some of that stuff. So thank you for that. All right, we've got a lot to talk about with Chase, so let's get on with this. There's a lot going on with uh, with you right now, Chase. Um, uh, you know, often, first of all, oh where can people gosh, go, Tony, to see? I was just about to ask you first to tell me all, to tell them that. First of all, Todd, <laughs> where can people go to see what Chase is doing? That's a great question, Chase. Oh. I wanted to make sure I didn't yeah, you're jump up. the gun this time. <laughs> uh, you can go to gulletguitar.com. That is G-U-L-L-E-T-T. Double L, double T. Yes. Just like mullet, but with a G. <laughs> and an extra yes. T. Oh, that's how you remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or are there two T's no, in I mullet? I remember it from Charlotte's Web. The G said double, double, double. G double L double E double T. Anyways, all right. Oh my gosh! Wow, I've just really <laughs> man. <laughs> oh I'll have what gosh. he's having. <laughs> That'll do, pig. Yeah, or or go at Guitar Co on Instagram. Okay. Yes, both of those. Yes. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful instruments. Like really stunning stuff. So make sure you go check that out if you are not familiar with our friend Chase here. I'm sure many of you are because I do, you know, reference my weekly yes, <laughs> trips out at there. Least. He's like, man, it's going to take me to the studio. I'm like, man, I make that trip like every week. 
Uh, so, uh, anyways, That's true. he's here and we're grateful. Um, I'm really excited for him to share cause he's doing so much, um, since we had him on last, which was, yeah. I don't even know what, I can't remember what the it number was, that was. Yeah. Um, it was a while back yeah. and you have, you've really truly upped your game. You made some big moves in your, uh, in solidifying the future of your, of your company and you know as your friend sometimes i was like oh my gosh dude are you really gonna do this <laughs> but you did and it's like paying off in spades it, so yeah, i'm really was, excited for you to share the things that you're working on it's been a lot of hard work and a lot of uh uncomfortableness that leads to growth um but yeah uh basically um i was able to acquire quite a bit more space at the shop in delaware uh 27 west william street suite c delaware ohio up and, up and coming main street delaware ohio uh-huh indeed um but yeah so uh we 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 were able to acquire quite a bit more space back there so we moved all of the uh, building operations out there um also built a showroom in the shop so i have a small showroom there which i say showroom because three months ago it was a showroom and actually now uh one of the steps that we are taking three is three months ago it was a drum room <laughs> yeah, that is true three months ago it was a drum room um but uh i am now working on some steps to turn into a content creation room mm. so the idea is uh to have kind of a setup uh prepared so when good playing gentlemen and gals want to come in and throw me a riff everything is already ready to go so we can just flip a switch hit record and uh create content for you guys right. what about so, bad playing uh guitarists i do enough of that in the shop <laughs> Let's, let's talk about your showroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the showroom is a uh, very cool space. Um, there is uh, a lot of guitars, a lot of merch. I just got some new hats in. Todd got one of those. I think you guys are yeah, going to give one give of those guys away. out. Yeah, give it a give it away um, after the show. Hmm. Yeah, some new stickers, uh, which is nice. But uh, I've also expanded into trying to work, let go of the reins a little bit and ha have Gullet Guitar Co. just be like my guitar's and my service and repair work, but actually try to uh, open the doors up and bring in some other Ohio builders and, and outside of Ohio builders as well into the fold. Uh, and I've started that process with uh, pedal makers. Yeah. So I've got uh, everything that Mike uh, from Native Audio makes in the shop now. Uh, and I just acquired uh, everything that Earthquaker Devices also makes. Yes, the full line. Um, the just to be full clear, it's line. Not all the they, they, no, 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 not all the inventory. The full line of both of those makers. I yeah. mean, Earthquake even sent me some uh, coffee beans. It was kind of cool. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and you've Made got a couple, like a, other, uh, a couple other builders that yeah, you've been... Yeah, uh, worked with uh, Clifton Guitars, has a cool pedal that he has put out with uh, Thimble Wasp, if I understand yeah. correctly. we uh, Thimble Wasp on the show. And um, yes. we've got that in the shop and uh, one of the uh, Bonfire Boosts yep. in there, too, which is kind of a neat uh, sort of uh, clonish pedal. Yeah, very so, cool. But Excellent. yeah, all Ohio guys. Um, so those are in there. Um, added a spray boot. The funny thing is you're talking about like the things that are 
so minimal to like the big steps that you take. <laughs> oh, so we'll just get that stuff. Well, well that's the, well, that's the stuff that uh, is important for everybody else. You know, the stuff that's important for me is the, you know, the build out in the shop. Yeah, um, having well, let's okay. let's just talk about the, the hanging on that that back room, the the showroom. Yeah, you know, I've been going there for a long time, and I've mm-hmm. been watching you build that out. And I think what you realize is that if someone's going to come to your shop and is interested in buying one of your guitars, mm-hmm. which these are all handmade, hand-designed, these are your designs, and they're not knockoffs. They're, it's, you know, these are your original designs. There's, You're still making them. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's some influence for sure, absolutely. Sure. Um, but I, I have tried very hard to make sure that... Um, all of my models are, they stand on their own. Like you can look at them and you can clearly see like, oh yeah, you pulled a little bit of influence from this, a little bit of influence right. from that. But they collectively, they, they are their, they, they're their own entity right. there. And more often than not, you're not duplicating a previous build. So it's not like you made, you know, 10 cherry red you know whatever (laughs) it's like you you really do approach each build with like what is this guitar's personality Mm -hmm. and i think that that's unique and one of the things that is tricky is when you're shopping for a guitar especially guitar that you're not maybe as familiar with as like a you know les paul or something like that it is an investment you're Mm -hmm. getting a hand crafted extremely high quality instrument and you know you don't want to come into your shop you know, this is the this is the conversation that we had before when it was, it, you know, it looked like a, a it's a giant wood shop. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, right. you don't want to go, hey, let me drop some money on this fantastic guitar yeah. and leave covered in sawdust. Exactly. Um, so you have a space where you can go back, check out any one of the guitars that you have available mm-hmm. with the door shut, playing the playing your, the, you know, the amps in the back mm-hmm. and really get used to like, Hey, is this, is this what I want? What do I, what I want to change? I like this. Could you make me one that was this color? Mm -hmm. Could you make me one with different pickups or something like that? Most places you can't do that. You just simply can't do it. Not only because there's tons of people around and you don't want to plug in and play and all that stuff. The privacy privacy thing. thing. Yeah. But also you don't have that connection, direct connection to a builder who has the time to sit there and, or the desire to be able to sit there and say, dude, I want to make you the the best instrument you can dream up, you know? I want to make the, the best instrument line. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but yes. Yeah. Humble, that's a, you know, I, Chase is a super stinking humble guy. So legitimately, he makes some very, very fine stuff. So uh, anyways, that I just wanted to communicate that about that back showroom, and it's it's fun because every time I go, he's hey, oh look what I did here, look what I did here, and and that is not for him to pound his chest about. That's not why it's designed. He's truly designing this for people who want to buy his guitars, to who are interested in finding out more about his work and his brand, and and that brand is expanding yes. beyond. Yes, it is. The great guitars. It is. 
Um, and that is part of that uh, kind of letting go of the rain sort of thing. So there's uh, also some builders I've been working with to develop uh, pickups and amps. Uh, and that is uh, Zach and Steve. And those two guys have been crucial in helping me kind of expand into some other stuff. Zach from Brandon. Yeah, Wong Zach pickups. from Brandon. Wong, yep. And Steve from Sloan amps. And uh, so we have been developing uh, the Lux 18 model, um, which is a great uh, combo amp. So we are using a 6v6 base uh, for the power section, 12x7s uh, in the preamp section. Uh, they're coming in 18 watts, and it's just it has this very usable uh, gain stage and very usable mid sweep. Um, right. So you know we you set everything just kind of at noon. You know we talked about like knobs at noon kind of vibe, and um, so everything kind of set from there gives you like a great bass tone and then you can kind of just you know start moving things around a little bit based on the guitar and that's the other nice thing about that amp as well is um, it really uh, gives you a transparency of what the guitar is doing so yeah. if you plug in a strat it's got a different sound it's it's bringing the strat sound to the forefront if you plug in a les paul it's bringing the les paul to the forefront and we've got some really great videos uh, we've posted up of zach uh, from brandon wound doing yeah. some demos and it's some demos with les paul's strats some of uh i think he's got a uh, daytona and a cobra in there with some pickups that he wound yeah in there as well so. i think w one thing i want to point out first of all you just slid into that like it was no big deal like you're doing your amps i'll get to that <laughs> in a second but i want to touch on that you know you mentioned this being a um, i think you said transparency it might be something like that there's a different I, there are amps out there that are um i guess you could say almost uh, clinical in yeah. their delivery if you think it's like it is a no sound amp and almost like you're going direct into something it's because it, you, you can hear your guitar because it doesn't have any character this is not the yeah, case that, if, it if, has character yeah. but it does such a great job and part of that and i i want to th publicly thank you for letting me <laughs> in on this yeah like i kind of stumbled in I was like, hey, I'm going to come down and shop. He's like, cool, Steve's here. And I was like, who's Steve? And I show up and and he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do an amp. And we sat there and oh. worked on that, on on getting the tone for well over an hour. Oh, it was hours and a, yeah. and a couple of visits. Yeah, and, and, um, a, and a couple of, yeah. It so, was different cabs, different speakers, but different circuits. the thing circuits. that we put on the, the thing that, that we, you know, we, we later kind of landed on was, turn it on everything at noon it should sound absolutely money mm -hmm. and when i first plugged into that amp after that after you got it back and we did it, i was like wow that's exactly what we were going for right and i'm so glad that you were able to get to that point yeah it, well, and that's the, the nice thing about uh, the people that I've been able to work with. Um, and Zach's the same way with pickups, too. It's yeah. it's one of those things that the, these guys are just a wealth of knowledge with what they're doing. And I can articulate what I want to have happen, but I don't have the, the skill set. I get a little out of my depth. I understand the basics of it, but I get a little bit out of my depth. I, I would not be able to design 
the pickup or yeah. design the amp circuit. But the fight that you have is that you <laughs> that I want, want to. to. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. Yeah, you've known me you long enough. If you own a motorcycle, yeah. you should know how to fix it. Exactly, it's gonna happen. Yeah, that's exactly it. But and, that's something else that you and I have yeah. talked about. In, oh yeah, in great detail in the past. Well, and that was the thing. I've wanted to do pickups and amps for probably close to five years, and if and I kind of had come to terms that if I was going to one hundred percent design these, it was just never going to come to fruition. It just there's the I only have so much time and um, stick with what you know. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm excellent at built. Well, I'm, You're I'm pretty, pretty darn good guitars. at building You're guitars. Building and, guitars. <laughs> and, uh, and these guys are excellent <laughs> in their fields. And the thing was, is um, being able to partner up with them and team up with them to right. create something really, really great. And it's that all we're Ohio all built, incredibly proud of. of. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's been, it's been really cool. It's been neat um, in a way growing my team yeah. in that sense. And, uh, we're all very pleased with the products that we've been putting out. So yeah, very, yeah. very cool indeed. Um, so you've got a combo mm -hmm. that you, that you came up with and, and these, and the models are called Lux. Yes. Um, and you were kind of going for the, uh, well, tell me about the kind of look that you're going for. I won't so, put the words uh, well, I, I've kind of, I've got a little bit of a, a soft spot for like some of the old hi-fi stuff, the old Marantz receivers and things like that. And, um, and hot rods. Yeah. And hot rods. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, my good friend Todd here helped me out with, uh, taking a lot of, uh, pencil sketches, um, where I would draw things out on like a whiteboard or on paper and uh, send things over to him and he and I worked together very closely on uh, a lot of the design elements for the faceplate and uh, the badging and you know, we had a lot of late night conversations of well that's cool you want to do it that way but I really want to do it this way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, uh, we're, we're good enough friends and we respect each other uh, tremendously and so it's 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 good that we can uh, have people like that that can help out so thank you Todd that's yeah very sure. you know um, but yeah, so you got the, you got the combo. Yes. The combo. And, uh, we just did our first head unit as well. Right. Um, we also have extension cabs. Uh, so there are more chassis in production right now. Um, we are just awaiting some, uh, trainings coming from Hayboyer. Uh, right. so yeah. And the, the, com what's neat about the combo on the extension cab, not only do you get more sound from a greater area, if you want it on stage mm -hmm. or something like that. But you immediately were like, I'm going to get the right speakers in these. And you yeah. tried a bunch of different combos. Yeah, we, we paired the speakers. So in uh, in the combo itself, we're going with uh, Warehouse Guitar Speakers ET65. Yes. It's kind of like their version Been of the Been on the show back. twice. Yeah. So yeah. They're, the, the bottom end and the top end of that are just pristine. Um, and they they really carry the sound. And it's a great sound on its own. And in the open back cab, it really produces an excellent tone. Um, and then for the sealed back cab, uh, the extension cab, we opted for the invader 50 and those two speakers pair together so well because the invader 50 has these nice creamy mids to it so you know the the punchiness of the bottom end and the top end that you're getting with the et65 paired up with that smoothed out mids of the invader like the the tone of those two together is just it's it's perfection it, it just sounds incredible um on the takes that zach and i did too we had both cabs mic'd up individually Individually. And, you know, we could do like a B's and it's so nice because you hear them together. So you guys are in studio. So you, you get that, like you want to layer your sounds and the way that those layer together is it's perfect. They sound really, really good. Killer, killer. Uh, now 
with that, you have also, so you've expanded your, you know, boutique guitar <laughs> yeah. world, which yeah. you're still making tons of. Yeah. You got into the amp stuff and um, you've been talking about a few other things and you, you got you're working on pickups. Yeah. With Zach. Yep. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the pickup. So uh, we've been doing several models. So uh, same thing. It's a lot of, hey, I like this. I like this and this. And Zach will wind stuff up and we'll stick it in the guitar and we'll check it out. And then we'll go back to the drawing board or we'll roll with it. And right now we've got several models that we're really, really pleased with. And one that's uh, pretty unique that uh, I've been uh, tentatively calling the gold bars. Um, and we came up with this idea to do sort of a combination of a blade and a screw coil and we topped it with some gold foil vibes just for vibes because it looks great um and it was tricky he had to go through several different uh stages of trying to balance the output between the two coils because i also wanted them to split really well and what we've come up with sounds really really good uh they're very powerful pickups um they're really loud and when you split them they clean up nice and they're nice and bright uh without being ice picky so so on the 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 uh coils that you talk about are you mm -hmm. also using different types of magnets in each yes yeah. uh in each pickup there are two different types of magnets uh to go along and the coils are wound differently from each other so they zach spent a lot of time developing these we went through three or four different prototypes before we landed on something that worked really well and it Big was sound yeah huge sound very powerful um, and they split incredibly nice. Um, yeah. There's uh, virtually no signal loss. Uh, a lot of times you get a big volume drop, and because of the way that he, we were able to engineer these, um, they do and very they, powerful sounds without being too compressed. Sometimes you get like a hot, hot pickup, and everything sounds a little squished. You lose some of that kind of uh, bloom. Mm -hmm. um, and with these, they're just they're just loud <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know they're uh they're very powerful and still clean they so. look awesome too yeah I mean, they've got a cool <laughs> very cool look yeah they're very cool and to the best of my knowledge i think we're the only people doing this combination the way that we're doing it yeah. um other guys have blended uh um, bars and, and rods before in the past, uh, but the way that the particular formula that we've got, I don't think there's anyone right. else in the market right now doing it that way. Have, and you, have you considered putting in like a rotary switch, like some of the Paul Reed Smith uh, models have a rotary switch, which actually, I mean, you can pick the, the two outside coils yeah. the inside coils that's like that's, a frank zappa tab i mean it's, it's, yeah. it's 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 a i mean it's very complicated but yeah if you wire the switch right it's really yeah, not it's, all that it's, difficult it's absolutely something uh, it's not something that we've experimented with yet but it is something that we can do yeah i mean you take full advantage i think yeah. of, of each individual coil at that yeah. point no that's a great idea we should it sounds like test mule needs to come up <laughs> yeah let's do it so one of the other things that I know that you've been working on with Zach mm -hmm. um, is something dubbed the, what's it called? The Top Hats. The Top Hats, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, when I, I talked about this on the show a little bit, uh, my the guitar dubbed Vinny that mm -hmm. I designed with you, um, we originally had a TV Jones uh, Powertron in it, which mm -hmm. I, I thought I, I liked with the Supro. When I was playing through the Supro, I needed that bite. I needed that right. like extra Lots top, of top end. end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then when I uh, started playing through the Marshall, I was like, whoa, 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 and I couldn't back it off enough. Yeah. So I said, I need something different in here, and we tried out a few different pickups, 
And then um, he said, well, I got this one. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, let's try it out. And uh, I plugged it in. And I mean, I, my, my neck just about broke because I looked <laughs> at you with, like so hard. I was like, oh my God, this is the sound. This is the sound. Yeah, it, at that point, I was like, my work is done here. Yeah. It was it was a good, yeah, it was a very gratifying moment to see uh, how, how and, and it sounded so good, you know, because if I remember correctly, we'd gone through two or three pickups. Yeah. Uh, it was like a pickup swap palooza back yeah, yeah, there. It was, it was, it was. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'd gone to, through several of them. As soon as that one came to life, it was just like, like that uh, game over bong yeah you know i mean the minute yeah the, the first strum the minute that we heard it we we're like oh it's perfect this is what yeah. this is what vinnie was supposed to sound like the yeah. whole time yeah you know so it was like vinnie got his voice yeah, yeah. no anyway, it was great that was super exciting for me <laughs> because I, I and this goes back to what we were talking about with the, your shop is like you're really getting a bespoke experience from beginning to end mm-hmm. and that was the first time that I've ever really felt like I had that kind of experience um, for anything. And so it was, it was extra special to me because I was like, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting the top shelf treatment. Well, and yours was super cool too because, uh, which is something that I don't normally do, but you were able to actually bring your own drawings in and like you were like, hey, this is the shape. This is, and so that was a lot of fun too. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that was a lot of fun. <laughs> 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 that was uh, an interesting experience. Uh, I don't know that I would do that. I don't that. think we could have done that if we weren't friends. It, it, that's exactly it. Yeah, um, there's there's some of that stuff where um, sometimes it's, it's better to, to give your ideas and then sort of, you know, let your tattoo artist have, <laughs> yeah. have their way instead of you yeah. drawing it for them. Yeah. Um, and in this case though, it was, it was, uh, it was really fun to do that. Yeah. And I'm glad that we could come together. Yeah. On that. But if you want a, a gull guitar, then that's what you're going to get. You're not, you're not doing a whole lot of uh, yeah. one-off custom. There's, it, well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's a pretty big menu there too. Um, I mean, that said, I can and do absolutely like full-blown custom builds. You know, it's it's whatever you want. Um, uh, but within that, sometimes I still have to sort of like, you know. Um, builder's choice card comes yeah. down you know um there's certain things like at the because at the end of the day um my wife and i have this thing called uh chocolate covered lobster faces <laughs> right <laughs> so what, <laughs> chocolate covered lobster face yes so what that is is that's when you go to the grocery store uh-huh. and you're starving and you leave and you've bought all kinds of stuff that makes no sense at all because all of it sounds good. And that's kind of the thing that can get you into trouble when you're uh, working that's with... That's my salad bar analogy. Yeah, yeah. So so if you're working with somebody, you know, yeah, you got like 10 pounds of pine nuts on top of it, yeah. you know, and you're like, why do I even have this? Yeah, fruit yeah. fruit jello doesn't, exactly. d- doesn't belong on a Italian salad. Exactly. Yes, it does. <laughs> Don't you eat it. <laughs> it's the only salad I'll eat. <laughs> But but that's that's kind of the thing. Uh, occasionally, uh, you kind of got to reel some people back in. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But you know, if we do all of that, all of a sudden, none of these really cool things stand out anymore. You yeah. know, um, all the chrome makes some chrome not cool. Yeah, you know. So it's kind of that sort of vibe. Um, 
but yeah, uh, overall though, I, I do very much enjoy kind of working with people to kind of bring their vision to life. And I like bringing my stuff to yeah, life. Yeah, but, but that's the nice thing about working with you on the line of guitars that you create. You mm-hmm. have a, you've got a wide array yeah. of shapes, styles, purposes, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And within that, you're not locked into, well, you get red, black, or white. No, it's no. It's like, yeah. you, the sky's the limit on, you know, start with a foundation model. That's exactly it. And, and then, I mean, really, anything is possible after that. Yeah. Um, right now, I've got a uh, Daytona build that uh, a customer... Um, we we had talked about it initially you know they talked about wanting to do like a, a t model kind of thing and you know i was like oh okay you know it's and like a telecast. yeah exactly yeah. you know and we were kind of like, oh, okay you know i'm, I'm kind of into it but you know i'd prefer to do something else and the more we talked um you know i was like you know it's like what about doing a daytona so uh which but is he, one of your it, which is one of my models, models. yeah um, and the thing was, is he's like, yeah, but you know, I kind of want to do tops and stuff. And I'm not seeing, I was like, yeah, we can do a top. So, so this is kind of a fun build we're doing right now. So, uh, what we're doing is he has a family property and they fell a walnut tree years ago. And so he literally brought in some bark still on it, uh, walnut that he had had for oh, wow. years and years and years sitting and, uh, brought that in. And, um, I milled it up and split it into, uh, some tops and it's got some beautiful, wonderful figure in it. Um, very nice, like curl. And it, it, it was the way that the pattern of it kind of sort of comes into a V it, it was very complimentary for the body shape too. So what we're doing is we're doing a swamp ash body with this walnut from his family's property that we've now capped. And we did all the carves on it. So with the Daytona model, um, it's, uh, you can nudge it in more of like a slab body or all the German carves, all the belly cuts, all the forearm cuts. And so with his, we wanted to, we opted for all the carves. So what's nice is with that top, I can do some of the stuff that I do with the challenger models where you leave some exposed edges. You can do sort of like, um, within the, uh, the German carves, we do similar to like the, the bevel, style paint schemes, you know, where you can have several multi-tones and, you know, natural edges bursts on just the tops. I mean, it really opens up a lot of possibilities. There's, there's a lot of tons of it. Yeah. For- small detail exactly add bindings creations. i mean all of the it really is you know you you pick a platform and then pretty much anything can kind of go from there so uh, it's going to be a fun build i'm excited about it so i mean i know you stay really busy with all your builds and now your amp line <laughs> and, and all the other fun stuff but uh i mean is, what else do you do in the shop uh, so we're pretty much uh, full service for uh, repair work. Um, I do a lot of setups. We do pickup swaps. We build wiring harnesses, um, neck resets, fret levels, refrets, all of it. Um, and then most recently, uh, I, I, you know, part of the expansion of the shop, I uh, invested in a very nice spray booth. Ah. And having everything in one location now has been a game changer for that. Um, my, my spray booth before was uh, not excellent. It was make do with what you got kind yeah. of thing. Well, but that's um, one of the neat things about the, your journey as, yeah. as, a, as a builder and a business owner. When I first started connecting with you, I'd drive out to your house. <laughs> it was like a and shack. And like, hey, man. come to my shop. And, and it was a double wide <laughs> guitar, a double wide garage that you know, everything was in there yeah. and you were doing it all. And then you're like, hey, I'm spraying... I'm spraying <laughs> guitars and 
And it it looked like you could have been, you know, doing some some kind of weird bad stuff because yeah. it was just like plastic line uh, shenanigans all over. Yeah. Like, what are you cutting up back yeah. here? Dexter? Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Very but, much makeshift. But the, the, the bummer part about that is that, and I, you know, I was, it was weird. I've, as a, as a creator of things myself, I, I always ended up feeling bad for you <laughs> when I left because I was like, this is a guy that's doing everything he can working who knows how many hours trying to to craft the best product that he can with his skills which he's got fantastic skills and no matter how good his skills are or how good his ideas are he's constantly being challenged and hampered by the by his environment so you're spraying you you were originally spraying guitars Mm -hmm. in in a pretty <laughs> ramshackle it uh, was, place in Ohio, which has yeah. a very crazy climate. I was roughly uh, 300 feet from the Scioto River, uh, and it was two 20 inch Lasco box fans with furnace filters taped to them. Yeah. And uh, an open air booth. So if you caught a big wind, Dust leaves. Someone opened the door. It's if, game over. Exactly. Yeah. If it's um, you know, if it's if it's winter time, you're not doing anything because it's too cold for stuff to cure. There's like if, two weeks in the year that you could actually spray stuff. Uh, th- I I found out the hard way that uh, whatever is in a bee stinger is repellent to lacquer because I had one fly into my spray path once and hit the finish and then drug all through this nice gloss black. So there was, uh, so it was one of those things and that was it. There was like this massive struggle bus like early on. Right. And it was, it was, it was exactly and that. It was, it was, it was, it was unfortunate because of that, because yeah. it wasn't that I was doing bad work. It was that the environment was just beating me up left and right. And uh, so, um, yeah, so I, I made a really large purchase recently and uh, we added a very nice marathon uh, finish booth to the shop. And so now uh, the finishes are coming out better than they've ever been. They're I mean, beautiful. they're, they're, they're yeah. perfect. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I'm incredibly pleased with that. It's, it's increased my production time or sorry, it's, it's decreased my production time. Um, but it's also opened up a lot of capabilities because I can now spray year round. Um, so that's another thing that I've started offering now too, is refinish work for uh, gentlemen. I've had, uh, one local, uh, musicians brought me several, uh, EVH bodies recently that I've just done a few, uh, uh, resprays on and I've actually got two more in there. I'm supposed to do some clear work on right now. So you're able to experiment and stuff too, which is yeah, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's great. You know, it's, it's really nice. I can come because with spray work, a lot of times there's, there's a ton of downtime, um, and you know, waiting on stuff to flash off, giving stuff a little bit of cure time before you can kind of come back to it. So what's nice is I can go over and do some work in the evening, let it sit overnight, come in in the morning, uh, spray again, and then go and do some work and then go back in the afternoon and spray. So it's, it's really nice. It lets me get a lot done through the week, but, but yeah, that's the, the other thing that we've been able to add to the repair shop is finish 
finishing services because there's not a ton of people that I'm aware of that are uh, doing very high quality finishes in the area. Um, Akron, you've got Lays up there. Joel does incredible work. Um, just really good work up there. Uh, and Denny Cop does some great work too. Uh, but both those guys are really, really far north. And I think in central Ohio, to the best of my knowledge, the only other guy that was doing any finish work has recently closed up shop. Yeah. So you guys need finish work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know where to come I now. know a guy. Yeah, I know a guy. Yeah. So actually, I might take you up on that. I've got a, a project that's been sitting at my shop for the last umpteen years. Yeah. I love and hate those projects. I'm going <laughs> to repaint Vinny. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He's, no. into, he's into green you, guitars you've already now. already done everything we're, else. No, we're, we're going to weight relief Vinny now is what we're actually doing. He, uh, uh, that's yeah. really uh, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, so much fantastic stuff. And I, I'm, I'm truly, I'm really proud of you, man. And thank like, you very much. Legitimately. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very proud of the, the progress that you've made and some you know these decisions aren't like oh i'm a big giant businessman i'm just gonna make these these <laughs> no man if this, this if, is if those decisions in. don't go yeah. right man it is catastrophic to your livelihood yeah it sinks the battleship man yeah and and it is it is humbling sometimes and also man it feels surreal you know occasionally like you know i'll be finishing up you know it'll be <laughs> a lot later than it should be you know sometimes it'll be you know 10 30 11 o'clock and i'm you know shutting the lights off unplugging the compressor you know and you just you look around and then i think back to you know ostrand in, in the garage you know and uh you know thinking back you know that place had literally one uh circuit for the entire thing <laughs> and it was also tied to the kitchen in the house oh. and the breaker was in the basement of the house so i'd be out there working in the winter i'd have a heater Oof. going or something and then i'd kick on like uh, a heat gun to do some binding next thing you know it's pitch black everywhere and i've got to sh- you know walk out through the snow into the basement come yeah. back out and it just um, um you know so it, it, thinking back of you know where that stuff came from and uh how much i thought i knew and how no and now how little I actually did and seeing where stuff's come. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm incredibly grateful for all the people that have kind of uh, stuck with me and helped me get to this, this spot of recognize what I've done and have been there to help out. And it's been great. You know, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm a very lucky man that, you know, my hard work's been able to pay off. So fantastic. Well, all right. The next thing that we got to do that makes sense is, um, Swing by Jared's unoccupied house <laughs> and, and find out what's going on. I haven't went toilet paper and since I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> was I not supposed to mention that yet? <laughs> no, this is... Uh, well, Tony, why don't you just go ahead? You know, Todd. Yes, I do. I, very well. <laughs> I'm glad you do. <laughs> At this point of the show, there. this is the... the apparently, I'm told by Jared, hmm. that this is the most popular part of the show. It's debatable, but but, <laughs> but according to Jared. I think it's actually between that and four on the floor. Yeah, but Jared would say it's this. Yeah, Jared would. Because it's... That's what he gets to do. It's this segment we like to call Would, would You Rather... That's awful. Yeah, was, sorry. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. So this one comes from our good friend Gregory Randall, 
who's one of our newest executive producers. Exactly. He loves the podcast. And it, he says, it always lifts me up and makes me laugh and teaches me something new. It's like a Bette Midler song. <laughs> wind beneath my wings. <laughs> yes, Jared is the wind beneath yeah. our wings. <laughs> In many ways. <laughs> uh, so he came up with this. Um, this is a fun one. I think so. Let's do it. And, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's an interesting. I've, I've, I've been, been to both places. Well, bef- just go. We're driving down the road in the El Camino. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden it goes. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> we done run out of gas. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Now, I mean, nobody puts a gas can in their car anymore. No. I mean, way back when I was a kid, you had a, a quart of oil, had you had a gas and a, can. And a broomstick to check how much gas is in your car. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, I that's, had that. That's very nice. I usually just use a match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that you have to put gas in is your guitar case. <laughs> what? That's, that's what it says. So you, so you, so you go down. You walk. I mean, luckily the gas station isn't too far down right. the road. But you go there, and you get dirty looks from the guy that's inside. But you fill up your your guitar case with gasoline. Okay. Now I don't recommend trying this at home. This is like one of those weird like Instagram things where you see people filling up garbage bags full of gasoline. This is like a Tide Pod challenge, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do. I go yeah. I go sit and wait for the tow truck at the do drop in. <laughs> well, that would be you. Yes. But you're not allowed in the El Camino. All right, all right. Yeah. But Cooter's gone for the weekend. He's yeah. on vacation. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you got this. Guitar case full of gasoline, oh. and you're sloshing back to the old El Camino when along comes a benevolent, rich person in a car. Oh, my. And he's, he realizes, you know, he stops and says, what's going on, dude? So I go, I've got the guitar case full of gas, man. I got to get the El Camino going. Yeah. Well, he says, you know what? I've had a very great life. Yes. And I want to make your day a little better. Uh-huh. First, we're going to call the tow truck. He's going to help you carry the... the <laughs> no, he said, <laughs> take that case, just throw it off, throw to, the it off side. to the side. Yes. We'll get some gas brought out to you. Okay. And secondly, he wants to say an all-expense-paid trip to a guitar, two legendary guitar shops. Oh, my. And that includes airfare, one night stay, and he's going to buy you one thing out of that store boy oh boy Mm. now oh to be so lucky yes well this is a benevolent person yes so the two stores because he he liked guitars too yeah and he likes el caminos so he wants to send you benevolent and he's benevolent (laughs) so he wants to either send you to groon guitars oh in nashville Uh uh-huh or norman's rare guitars in Tarzana, California. Uh-huh. Oh! Yes. You know. Yes. Now, you don't have time to check the internet to see what they have no, in this stock. Is a, he's, he's, he's saying, dude. Jump in or. Jump in. We're going to get you to the airport. You pick whether you want to go to California or Nashville. And you go to that store and you pick something out. So the would you rather is, which 
would you rather go to? And what would you get? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I just snorted. <laughs> he snorted. Now, when you wow. think about it, both of these places are, are known for uh, incredible vintage gear. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it, I mean, I've, you know, honestly, I've never been invited into George Groon's private upstairs in the in the new location uh but i'm told that it is quite the treasure trove and of course norman's has right anything you could ever want oh boy this is gonna be this is really tough jared you are so sad you missed this one holy mackerel so all right so would you rather you going to groon's or you're going to norman's and you gotta pick you gotta one pick thing, a guitar and what are you gonna pick okay Tanya, yes, you're gonna go ahead and lead this off. I think both Jason are going like, "What's Tony gonna do?" I believe, as much as I love Groon guitars, I think I'm gonna go to Norman's because I mean, I think out of the two, I mean, they both have incredible, incredible, incredible collections of vintage instruments. Um, but I think a lot of the West Coast players have gone there. I mean, they've gone to Norman's. I mean, mm-hmm. they've, you know, they've gone to, to Groon's, I'm sure, too. But I would say I'm going to Norman's. And, um, gosh, I mean, I, <laughs> holy cow. I, I mean, I, when, when I think about the possibilities of, of what could be, Lurking, yeah. And, any, and, anything is a is a really hard. Uh, I mean, th- if if money is no object, I don't think money is an object. It apparently is not. I mean, I try to find a really really nice light fifty eight or fifty nine Les Paul standard. I mean, to me that the burst a burst. Yes, of yes. course. Um, I mean, but then I also thought about oh, an old, you know, 58 Explorer or a 58 V or, mm. I mean, there's so many things that you, you could really find. But I think in terms of, um, a utility instrument, I mean, it's, it's tough to beat uh, a Les Paul standard. So okay. that's what, that's what I'll find and I'll be happy. And then I'll have a new case with it so that I can fill that up with gasoline. All right. Chase, what are you doing? I'm going to Norm's. Yeah. My reasoning behind this is because we're in Ohio and I can drive fairly ah. easily <laughs> to Groom's. That's a day trip. Eh, two day trip. No. <laughs> Six hours. That's what, yeah, well. You must drive you really get, slow. Yeah. You got to have That's some barbecue trip. while you're down there, too. Is that, you've got the Amish horse and buggy, right? <laughs> well, the last last time I did a Nashville <laughs> trip, though, we were in we were in Rosie, the big diesel van. Oh, so okay. it, she doesn't like to go much past 70. <laughs> I gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, the time was a little long on that last trip. Uh, but yeah, so I would go to norms. Um, or yeah. Uh, and a guitar I would love to try to find is an Arnold Hoyer map guitar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Why don't yes. you explain that for everybody <laughs> else that didn't go? Oh yeah. 
Okay, so you guys have seen like the uh, the national map guitars and mm-hmm. things like this. So Arnold Hoyer, uh, weirdly enough, Randy Bachman. Explain what a map guitar is. Uh, funky, funky shape. Uh, it's been redone by like Eastwood and Airline and stuff like that. But it's a uh, kind of continental U.S. Yeah, map of the, yeah. U- the, of the no, 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 not not map like that. Not like the no. Gibson map guitar. No, no uh, hang on, I will find a picture because this is going to be hard to describe. Um, it is. So Arnold Hoyer was a German luthier, and years ago, he no longer makes guitars. Uh, but so it is a map guitar, but done up like if you had like an alembic or something. So it's tons of fancy wood, lots of bird's eye maple. Ah, okay. um, it's it's very cool. Uh, German carves throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, weirdly enough, Randy Bachman, a Bachman Turner Overdrive, yep. has one of the largest collections of Arnold Hoyer guitars. He also, as I found out, has an incredible collection of Gretches. Yeah. Yep. I wish I would have known. That is so I, I, weird. If I would have, I would have mentioned that on our Gretsch episode. I just, I just kind of found that out. There was a big showing of all of his Gretsch stuff. Boom. This is a Hoyer. Oh wow! Right. Okay, that is find very me another cool. one of those. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that would that's that's one of those like uh, holy grail things for me kind of thing. Just super cool. Never seen anything like it. And I think that's a very cool. Uh, I think if there was somebody that would make something similar now, it'd probably be like TK Smith or something. It's kind of in that. Oh, I can little, see. Yeah, little yeah. Bit or it could be a new gullet model. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it could be. Yeah, that's a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a guitar that I would draw influence from, but isn't necessarily what I would build. Yeah. Uh, another holy grail instrument would be uh, one of the Wonderland series acoustics from mm-hmm. Parsons. Not familiar with that. Makes one. incredible stuff, and if I remember correctly, too, I think he's a California guy, also. Okay. Well, well, well. What about you, Todd? <sighs> I, I've been sitting there racking my brain, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, I, I think, well, I would go to Norm's. Yeah, I've been to Gruen's. Yeah, I haven't been to Norm's, oddly enough, because I'm from the West Coast. Didn't know about it when I was there. Mm-hmm. Derp. Uh, but I think it's a little bit more of a, for lack of better terms, rock oriented mm, instrument store and, I, yeah, and everybody's like say. you could you could have either one i understand that, that, that yeah. the instrument doesn't but anyways you know what i'm saying and i think what i would love to get is the i would get a black Gibbs, gibson les paul vintage gibson les paul with the uh with the staple p90s oh yeah oh so like yeah. i don't know what it is about that but i just like i love uh, 54 it would be yeah early yeah, yeah it's an early yeah, 50, yeah, yeah. 52 yeah. so 54. i would i would look for that um i don't know why that particular thing intrigues me but i mean you know that's the only thing i've so you want a les paul custom two pickup with staple pickups yeah i think that would be ah. pretty rad you know what's interesting about those no. The tops and the backs are both mahogany, whereas typically the uh, Les Paul would have a mahogany back with a maple top. Oh. The, the uh, Les Paul Customs, the early ones especially, had mahogany all the way through. Interesting. And that's why sometimes they can sound a little bit better. Ah. 
Well, <laughs> I think that would be pretty special because yeah. uh, I, I will never in a million years. I'll probably never even get to own, you know, uh, an old Les Paul uh, at all. So hmm. that would be the thing that I would do. I weirdly don't like Les Pauls. I don't think that's weird. I, I don't like the way that they sit because I sit and play a lot now. Okay. And I feel, and I don't sit, I don't uh, hold my guitar in like a classical position. So I, I'm right-handed and I set the, the, um, you know, the, the bout on my right leg. And I feel like nonstop with Les Pauls, man, I feel like the whole thing's just trying to fall off my leg. I Mm. weirdly would rather sit with a flying V than a Les Paul. Yeah. I wouldn't Or an Explorer. I wouldn't sit. Explorers are very comfortable guitars to play. Yeah. Yep. Surprisingly. Yeah. Anyways, I think I think I'd probably do that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. My second this if I if that wasn't available, I know this wasn't a thing, but if that wasn't available, I'd get myself um a, a, a black falcon. Uh, yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah. I think that would be but yeah. just because it's no, like it's yeah. an old like one that I've never possibly Yeah. I think a black falcon would be pretty sweet. That would be cool. Anyways, all right, that was super duper fun. Great suggestion from uh our uh dear friend signing sending that in yes all right oh well next we got some people to thank oh do we not todd let's do it no problem i guess at this point of the show this is where we like to thank a special group of people and these would be our executive producers now a lot of people know what an executive producer is but i'm gonna tell you anyhow executive producers make this podcast possible they are patrons sponsors of this very podcast how can you become one oh you just go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out a couple of different levels in which you can participate become you know a sponsor a patron of this podcast one of the really cool things, in addition to all the great thank you gifts that you get. What is that, Chase? You get your name right on the thing. That's a poor Jared voice. That, Let it, me do it again. Do. Yeah, it'll, it'll do. It'll do. You get your name right on the you thing. You get your name right on the thing. Yes. So that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars. Vader and Pedals. Drew Lopez. John Halverson. Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mikey D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Sanchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, John Anglin, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, David Poe, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall. I just, he just gave us a nice little. Yes, thank you for sending that in. Thank you very much. Oh, and Brett Hogarth. Yes. Uh, who would, who would, we can't forget Brett. No. So stop interrupting me, Todd. <laughs> Because there's another group of executive producers. We call them our grand poobas. 
These are the top of the heap, the creme de la creme of executive producers. They hang out on the penthouse suite in their hot tubs filled with some unknown orange liquid. Yes. And they wear a fez upon their heads mm-hmm. to signify their significance. Whoa. Signify their significance. That's, that's wow. what they do. That's heavy, Pee Wee. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tom Imanasco, Ricardo Igreda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. And Eddie Serratos. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Indeed. You keep the thing moving. You keep the show going. You keep our hearts warmed. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, Chase, where can people find your stuff? At 27 West William Street, Delaware, Ohio. Or on the internet at, at gulletguitar.com. That is G U L L E T T. Double L double T. Double L double T. Guitar.com. And on Instagram. And Instagram at gulletguitarco. That's my handle. Right on. 10 4, good buddy. And Tanya? Go over to pickguardian.com. Check out the stuff that I do. Should, let me know what you need because I do custom work. You're always coming up. You always have new kinds of awesome materials. I try. Yeah. Material stuff has cool been stuff. so crazy these past couple of years. But anyhow, uh, shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you're trying to do. I might even have a little good advice for you because I've probably done it before. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know. Just, uh, I'll take very good care of you. Indeed. You can shoot me an email, Todd at theguitarnobs.com. You can shoot me a DM on Instagram at guitarnobs. We'd love to hear from you. Please continue to send your awesome uh, letters and notes as well as your would you rathers. We'd love to read it off for you. Chase, I want to say thank you for Indeed. joining us in studio um, with the amount of work that you have to do on a daily basis. I, I know that this time is valuable. And I no, appreciate that's all right, it. I mean, it was a pleasure to be here. Good, good. All right, everybody have a fantastic guitar weekend. Subscribe. Oh yeah. And I was like, you need Paris Hilton. Like that's hot. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no. Oh. At some point in there. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's do it. What is that, Chase? You get that name drop. <laughs> that not is that not fun? You swarthy bastard. You, you foul mouth sailor. Yes. It, it's uh, it's a different animal. It's a different animal. Yeah, it's just it's weird and wonderful. Okay. I just shut it, Tony. God, we'd, we'd be out Tony. Here. We'd be out here by Tony. Hey, I've got a moment of panic real oh, quick. Oh man. I don't what? know if I locked the car. I better, you better go lock that. I better go It'll lock be on it. blocks and... Sh- I'm serious. Yeah. You got a bag of crack in the back? Inverness green is the color of... Of my true love teeth in the morning. Of, uh... <laughs> uh, I'm already five ba-dump bumps in. 
You gonna use that name drop? That was such a good name drop. <laughs> we could do them both. It was work. so good. <laughs> I was like, oh, of, of the whole thing, I'm I'm glad that you were proud of the name drop part. <laughs> I was like, that's solid gold. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.